It was a great sounding laugh, too, kind of lilting and feminine. None of those big coarse ha's. You know those? Oh, yeah. Ha! Ha! Yeah. <laughs> Hate the big coarse ha. Hate those. And the worst part, of course, is that she also possessed many of the other qualities prized by the superficial man. <laughs> I see. So, as you can see, I've got a bit of a problem here. <laughs> Well, if I hear you correctly, and I think that I do, my advice to you is to finish your meal, pay your check, leave here, and never mention this to anyone again. Can't be done, huh? The switch? The switch. Can't be done. I wonder. Do you realize in the entire history of Western civilization, no one has successfully accomplished the roommate switch? In the Middle Ages, you could get locked up for even suggesting it. They didn't have roommates in the Middle Ages. How do you know? Well, for one thing, they didn't have apartments. Well, I'm sure at some point between the years 800 and 1200, somewhere there were two women living together. The point is, I intend to undertake this, and I'll do it with or without you. So if you're scared, if you haven't got the stomach for this, let's get it out right now. And I'll go on my own. If not, you can get on board and we can get to work. Now, what's it going to be? All right, damn it, I'm in. I couldn't do it without you. All right, let's get to work. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike. We finish up our month with what I consider to be a three out of three. A a, a perfect uh, batting average uh, that I kind of alluded to at the end of last week's film. We talk about Woody Allen's 2008 film, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. And I, I hesitate to even call it a homer because I know some people are... Uh, it's still kind of uncomfortable with Woody Allen's work, but not here on Trilogy in Theory. No, we embrace the controversy. I mean, you could have, you could have introduced it as, uh, you know, Academy Award winning film for Penelope Cruz, <laughs> Vicky Cristina Barcelona, <laughs> Rebecca Hall in Vicky Cristina Barcelona. There's so many ways, but you just, you know, you just leaned into it. You're not shying away from it, but certainly in 2008, even though, you know, the same allegations against Mr. Allen had been out for almost two decades at that point. Uh, this was uh, a resurgence in his career. This is post-match uh, point. And I know <laughs> where he is, um, you know, he used to at least put out a film a year. There was the, the sort of lulls or the maybe the Star Trek numbering where it was like every other. Uh, but this sits firmly in his, I guess, sort of European phase, the sort of international uh, outside of New York that I, I think uh, people, especially critically, really dug. And uh, if memory serves, this was a financial hit as well. This is, you know, we're firmly in uh, Midnight in Paris territory uh, as far as I, I think this made close to $100 million, uh worldwide, which is not surprising. You put uh, four <laughs> beautiful people as as your your cast, probably forgetting, you know, 
I'm not including uh, Patricia Clarkson here because she's not a part of the sexual uh, games being played in this, but she is, uh, you know, a two-time featured player this month on uh, Trilogy and Theory. All right, Webb, I'm going to start with the hard-hitting question here. <laughs> it's a mathematical equation, if you will. <laughs> so you're, you replace Javier Bardem, which is a totally natural switch. If you're <laughs> Certainly. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, just as charming, just as attractive, all of those things. Uh, you can do uh, different accents if need be. So, you know, whatever Michelle Allen wants, you, know, you can play it. You say, hey. I think this is how it should go down here because this is a guy that's got a lot of he's got a lot of balls in the air as far as lady friends. Um, so if you have to add up to three, which basically is saying who are you excluding from, from this <laughs> <laughs> this menage a trois, the Sunfeldian plot, Costanza plot, who who gets who gets to sit on the bench here? And you can take it however you want. <laughs> I you thought... can include Patricia Clarkson if you want. You know, if you want to play the hipster card, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I hate to say it, but I did think about this in a slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> you saw blood pumping through your veins. Yes, I did as well. <laughs> so much so that I wanted to lead the show with it. Of course, <laughs> let's get to the meat of it. <laughs> but in a slightly different manner. Because I think back to last month and something that your wife mentioned, how she's Team Blake Lively all the way and how dare Rebecca Hall even come into the picture when it comes to the town. (laughs) And so you've got this film with, like you said, very attractive people in a very romantic and exotic setting. Once again... Rebecca Hall gets the short end of the stick because she is attractive, (laughs) she is talented... But I guess the trouble is that she's practical. You've got Scarlett Johansson, who is very voluptuous. Uh, she's Her character has that stereotypical free thinker vibe where you immediately combine that with, well, then she's obviously very open to being more intimately adventurous. You know, I hate to say it, but that's, she's got that vibe going, and that is something that is attractive in most male gazes and then you've got Penelope Cruz who is just (laughs) stunning and she's got the other stereotype where it's like she's kind of the crazy chick and that's also yeah Mm -hmm. and that's also very attractive and then (laughs) unfortunately I I feel bad because Rebecca Hall is as I can't even say as she's just not quite hitting those same because she's got that weird practicality aspect of her character it kind of moves her down right she is fully able to go free thinker and firecracker as well it's just unfortunately she's hampered with the other aspect of or not the foil but she has to play this role i feel like she would be just fine in those other roles as well but yeah she's the one who she's the negative nelly she's calling the (laughs) time out on all the shenanigans Unfortunately, I think, I think that's where I disagree with you. I found her Whoa. the most attractive in that regard. I enjoyed her. It's not really banter, but it's just like lobbying reasons uh, <laughs> back and forth. Her and her and Bar- Bardem both have the reasons for why they shouldn't do this and why they should. Um, and I, I think that they are both they're both logical. Um, I've found more chemistry 
and that sort of debate on how we should live our lives like you know for this this brief moment this brief stay here because you you could see it you know both ways and in the way it plays out for rebecca halls you know she does eventually dip her tone to the water of you know maybe i should explore more you know in my youth and then you know, a gun goes off Cruz <laughs> comes back in the picture <laughs> i love that she's like all right <laughs> this was this was a stupid fucking idea this is what i get for entertaining this nonsense but for me and this is going to be you know, please my wife. I'm playing to the home crowd here who detests Scarlett Johansson, detesting on screen. She she hates hates the roles that she's been cast in, uh, where she has been sort of an old fashioned, like sort of come hither sex pot. You know, the, even in the Marvel movies, uh the way she's introduced is is Black Widow, especially in Iron Man Two, um, uh, fantastic hair, uh fantastic, you know, outfit, um all of that. My wife just like, and she does the Scarlett Johansson, a really terrible Scarlett Johansson impression. It's like a SNL bit where she just puffs her lips out like obscenely far <laughs> to the spout. <laughs> but I do think that there's something about how she falls into things so willingly and easily. And this is not a slut shaming thing, but she, you know, there's the film kind of uh, like promotes and attacks her character as as being someone that is seeking but doesn't really know what she's searching for so it makes her more open to experiences but as as it plays out she's she is still strong strong enough to know like yeah i tried this this is you know this is not fulfilling either um so i think that if i'm talking about just a one-off experience here rebecca hall penelope cruz give, give me both both worlds i want to i want to you know the the vanilla and the the chocolate there i want to <laughs> mix it up i i, I think so because scarlett johansson is truly the one playing the middle of the field here She's like i could i couldn't you know who knows what i'm doing so that's that's all it's it's not because my wife listens to this podcast that has no bearing on <laughs> me cutting her out of this menage a trois I mean, you know, if we're being honest with each other, we don't want the vanilla and the chocolate. We want the vanilla chocolate and the strawberry. We want the one with well, all. Oh yeah, three. you want the Charlie's <laughs> Angels. I I got you. Yeah, but that's you know, we have to stop somewhere because eventually the perverts that we are, we're gonna be like, yeah, Patricia Clarkson too. Who else is in this? <laughs> <laughs> Bring them all in. <laughs> we have to work within some sort of parameters here, otherwise we're just disgusting. But uh, okay, so. I had a thought with this one. Like I, I didn't see this one theatrically. I don't remember when I caught up with it. I knew of it as the, you know, Woody Allen does like a threesome movie. Um, I'm looking at it now and you know, I, I put up this, this great defense, I think for Rebecca Hall, she's not even on the fucking poster. Like, Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which granted she is, you know, probably fourth as far as like, you know, and star power, you know, she, she doesn't match the three that they chose, but well, her character, the, the name of the film, Vicky Crusoe, the first name in the title is her character. <laughs> but still Penelope Cruz. It gets right in there, <laughs> right in the middle. Um, I remember thinking, like the, the, the pig that I am, that I'm like, oh, that is, yeah, that is how Woody Allen would do a uh, a film where the this premise, the setup is Javier Bardem propositioning these two tourists, these two beautiful tourists to uh, come away with him and have sex together for the weekend. The fact that you never really see any sex. I'm like, God damn it. And, uh, here's, here's, here's my stupid male brain 
I've rewatched this uh, at least a couple of times. And so for this one, and I'm <laughs> like, for the listeners, I don't know if you can hear, I'm like rubbing my hands together. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> can't wait to get to Vicky Christina Barcelona this month. Every time somehow I conveniently forget, I'm like, oh fuck, there's even no sex scenes in this. <laughs> and I get angry all over again. Is that my love of De Palma where I'm like, you know, it's a titillating premise, but there's not really much in the way of titillation. It's still very enjoyable. I enjoy seeing all these characters sort of work through these like sort of strange, strangely connected incestuous relationships as far as the friend, the the former lover, the new lover, all of that. But <laughs> do you think that there are other people like myself that they pay the ticket or they rent this and then they come away with it like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> where, where's it's like Jaws? If you never, if you never actually got to see the fucking shark, it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! How do you have all these beautiful people on the screen and nothing, nothing comes of it? You just talk all the way around it. That's fair, but at the same time, I, th I believe the film is PG thirteen, so you have to go into it with uh, a mm. certain amount of expectation. <laughs> this better be PG thirteen. What it is PG thirteen? What the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> So there's not even like sexy language in this. There's no saucy talk either. Like what what is happening here, Woody? We are deprived of uh, the De Palma-esque level of pulp here. Even even the sequence where Christina is discussing her relationship with the Penelope Cruz character, where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we 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 made love already, and it kind of takes the audience and and the uh, two individuals she's talking with by surprise, and then we kind of get to see uh, the scene in the red room, the dark room where photos are being developed. Which, by the way, it's like there's a clear way to become a great photographer if you're having some kind of a, a uh, shooter's block, uh, as I uh, you know, as you can call it. Take photos of Penelope Cruz and you'll become a darn good photographer mm. right away. These look pretty good. Boy, <laughs> my skills are improving. Right. <laughs> Penelope strolls past. Yeah. But yeah, you are absolutely deprived of some of those scenes. And that that's where I think maybe we can start appreciating the film beyond the superficial. Where this very much like our other two films is very much slice of life and it's certainly frustrating because I, I i always have this problem uh where you've got films uh with attractive people in exotic locales and money is no issue and it's all about the experience and it, it's something that i'll never have uh because oh, i'm past that point where i can have a summer abroad and and uh explore the world explore myself explore another individual like it's just not going to happen and that's okay sounding a lot like rebecca hall right now <laughs> very much so and that's why she's on the bench because i don't want to be myself in this <laughs> scenario um but it, it does a great job of showcasing three different women three different uh personalities three different points of view and three different worlds all kind of combined into this summer and just this melting pot it's not quite a pot boiler but and i love the fact that the resolution is just and they all went their separate ways there's something really wonderful and fulfilling in a very unfulfilling way like, I, I can see the average movie gore leaving the film like, oh, what the hell? Nothing really happened. 
Yeah, that's kind of the point. It, it, this movie is very much about the journey and about the sights, the smells, uh, the, the 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 dialogue, everything. It, it's it's complete journey and not destination, and that's kind of why it's so so damn good. Uh, the characters we meet along the way, I loved. Patricia Clarkson's character. I loved how she was actively trying to get Vicky to join Javier Bardem or explore that asset because she herself felt She's a Costanza. She's <laughs> <laughs> This is discovering plutonium by accident. <laughs> Javier Bardem, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> You're gonna have sex with him. Of course. Yeah. Um I I think this is it's a strange slice of life because I don't think we um, usually have such pretty people in exotic locations. Be like, oh, what a nice little slice of life. You you definitely go back to something like the station agent where you're like, oh, it's a little more, not drab. It's a little bit more low key as far as the, you know, uh, walking down the street. And, you know, you have, uh, as we said, Patricia Clarkson uh, is, I guess, the sort of crush uh, in that film. <laughs> Here it's like, oh, uh, like the I love the the uh, sort of dinner for five uh, show that used to be on uh, IFC with John Favreau when he'd have people just celebrities come and talk. Um, and my favorite bit is you know Kevin Smith. It was the Daredevil episode. <laughs> uh, I think I've told you about this before, where Kevin Smith, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Garner, and Colin Farrell were the guests, and Kevin Smith is getting sick of hearing Ben Affleck uh, complain about because he had to dye his hair. Uh, for Daredevil, and he was like, "Yeah, I hate looking at myself." And you can see Kevin's face, and he goes, "Oh, poor you!" He's like, <laughs> Wake up every day and think, "Who am I going to fuck today?" <laughs> so <laughs> you apply, you can kind of apply that to you know any number of sort of Woody Allen joints, where it's usually a look at uh, upper upper middle class, you know, wh- white people, if if not extremely wealthy, and. You know, it's just the life that he's led for so long that I don't even think he realizes it. Like, you know, Scarlett Johansson probably is like the scrapper in this. <laughs> like, oh, this poor destitute, beautiful fucking blonde. How will she ever figure out what she wants to do in life? But it is a fairly honest, if you can remove the trappings of the, the great looks and the location of like a blip in these people's lives like that they are going to go on and they're going to look back and be like, huh, that was, you know, that was a strange time in my life. That was like, you know, a weird way where it was probably never going to go fully down that path, but you can look back and be like, well, there was the possibility of, of not derailment, but it could have, my life could have turned out a dramatically different way. And I just got a little peek into it. And I do, I really do like the ending of it. That There isn't much resolution other than life has to go on. Like we just have to, we're just, probably not going to be involved and thankfully i think the way we leave bardem and penelope cruz's character probably don't need to be there's probably there's i'm not saying those characters end up for the worse but that's a whole other movie entirely as far as that that relationship between those two people is is got too much too much past to it and so that the time is probably the clock has ticked and it's like it's it's time to move on in that way do you think that is Scarlett Johansson's character surprisingly more mature uh, than Rebecca Hall's? Even though Rebecca Hall is giving the mature responses, there's something, there's like the the sort of lizard brain with Scarlett Johansson where she knows this is played played out and it's time to move on. Whereas Rebecca Hall, 
really only gives up on it <laughs> when a gun goes off. And she's like, <laughs> okay, that's that's enough. Both are valid reasons, but why? If Rebecca Hall is the prudent one, why did it take that? Where Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson just could feel it, could feel that this is, you know, this is not necessarily the most healthy thing for all parties involved to continue. It's a fun little role reversal scene there at the end, but it also speaks to the honesty of all of the characters and how, God, within 90 minutes, you've got like four fully formed characters. It's really, really good writing. It's because Rebecca Hall's character, because you create those barriers for yourself and how uh, the life that you're going to live, like this is exactly how it's going to happen, the freedom and the... The freedom of those trappings is so attractive that it's – of course it makes sense that she's toying with throwing all of that away. Whereas a character like Christina, Scarlett Johansson is able to – because she lives in that life, she is well-versed in how she will respond to all of these external stimuli. And when she recognizes it, she calls it out and – I absolutely love that. Even Javier Bardem, even Javier Bardem's character has this superficiality on the surface. Oh, well, he's kind of the stereotypical, like, I am a free thinker, the artist who, you know, a sex is nothing for me. And I maybe tried to do a little Javier Bardem accent there. I don't know if it was successful. I'll tell you what, man, it's working for me. I I can see you in that that role right now. Right. That's that's the goal. That's my time machine goal. <laughs> Maybe not with the giant Apple AirPods Max and the <laughs> microphone and the stand, but yeah, I think there's some Batman figures behind you. So I mean, yeah, we we can dress it up. We can we can figure it out. Can you imagine me trying to pick up Scarlett Johansson with big old Apple AirPod Max? Like <laughs> that's that's Hold the on. scene this movie's missing. <laughs> I'm taking a call from uh, Penelope Cruz right now. You have to excuse me. So are we doing this or what? You know, time is money. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> moving along. <laughs> yeah, just the more tech savvy, Javier Bardem. I get you. Even even that character, despite the fact that the initial response that Rebecca Hall's character Vicky has, like, oh my god, this guy is just a, a complete creep. He, I love that scene. I love the introduction scene. I love her reaction. What does that say about me? That if I'm trying to pick someone at the bar, that that being rejected by like complete disdain is like, what? Is, I like this lady. <laughs> like, <I'm> like, <laughs> this is working more for me. I don't know. <laughs> but the more time you spend with him, and and that she's forced to spend with him, uh, you know, you kind of see that no, he's a little bit more than that. And the things, and even if he's not, the things that he believes are very much true to him, and it all just feels incredibly organic and more importantly honest and i think it's so easy for you to take a look at a project like this and dismiss it because of all the glitz and glamour or the location the attractiveness of its cast and just uh, the liberation of your the trappings of your normal life and being able to be in the situation uh with these beautiful people in these very intimate and exciting sexual scenarios but because we are deprived of the De Palma-esque moments I feel like it comes through with with more legitimacy 
that's how you keep this grounded and relevant and very much accessible. So wait, are you saying that, <clears throat> for instance, me and other, other perverts watching this, that if we, even if we got just a sliver, if we just got a taste of what any of these possible threesome combinations would be like, that we would stop listening to the whys <laughs> and why it has to end. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I understand that somewhere, but I'm still playing flashbacks or you know scrubbing the, the timeline of whatever streaming service to get back to that. There is something legitimate to where it's like we just wouldn't be able to let it go like the characters would who are actually you know living it. You know, I say that, but at the same time, we got some very much appreciated side boob with Helen Hunt in As Good As It Gets. And that we didn't talk about that once in the entire well, episode. We're still the wrap-up show. <laughs> That's fair. Copious notes. Wet t-shirt and all. Like, we can, we can go into that segment. <laughs> That's right. So... Uh, maybe you know what? Maybe maybe you're turning me around here. Maybe we could have got. Now I'm kind of upset that we didn't get a. <laughs> we didn't get one See, side boob. We we went through an entire half hour discussion as it goes as it gets, and we didn't get down and dirty. So we are responsible enough to handle it, Mister Allen. Yeah, this was a four star picture. It is now two. Because <laughs> <laughs> you missed it. You missed the boat on this one. first thing in the morning. No, we can't do it. Who are we kidding? It's impossible. It's true. You can't do the switch. Nobody can do the switch. It was a stupid idea to begin with. Let's face it. I'm stuck with the non-laugher and that's that. We'll come up with something. Yeah, sure we will. All right. See you tomorrow. Sandy, that I want to have a menage a trois with her and her roommate. That's right. And you believe this course of action will have a two-pronged effect. Firstly, the very mention of the idea will cause Sandy to recoil in disgust, whereupon she will insist that I remove myself from the premises. Keep going. At this point, it is inevitable that she will seek out the roommate to apprise her of this abhorrent turn of events. Continue. The roommate will then offer her friend the requisite sympathy, even as part of her cannot help but feel somewhat flattered by her inclusion in the unusual request. A few days go by, and a call is placed at a time when Sandy is known to be busy at work. Once the initial awkwardness is relieved with a little playful humor, which she, of course, cannot resist. <laughs> An invitation to a friendly dinner is proffered. Huh. 
Well, it all sounds pretty good. There's only one flaw in it. They're roommates. She'd have to go out with me behind Sandy's back. She's not going to do that. You disappoint me, my friend. <laughs> Sandy wants nothing to do with you. She tells Laura, if you want to waste your time with that pervert, that's your problem. It's a perfect plan. <laughs> so inspired, so devious, yet so simple. <laughs> This is what I do. <laughs>